It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll look back at the Falcons' loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's time and good for Fred, but there were a lot more deserving candidates. That's all next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. Free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review there. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can check us out there as well. And, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Well, another tough loss for the Falcons, another close game. Um, Look, 1916, that's about where this team has to live right now. Let me say this first and foremost. Okay, Falcons got the ball. It was a great punt by Presley Harvin former Georgia Tech punter, right? Pinned him inside the five. Anybody really think that the Falcons were going to march it downfield and go kick a game-tying field goal? Sorry. I, and and it took one play for Marcus Mariota to just throw an interception and, okay, let's get this done. I, I appreciate the fact that it only took one play to just get the interception out of the way and just be done with it instead of teasing us for all of this stuff. But anyway, Falcons now fall to five and eight on the season. Look, there are some good things that come out of this game. Again, they ran the football well, 146 yards, Averaged over five yards a carry, so 5.2 yards a carry. Algier and Patterson, both of those guys combined over 100 yards. Mariota, we'll talk about him in just a, a few minutes here, but 13 for 24, buck 67, touchdown, only took the one sack. That's good. The interception at the end of the game, it is what it is. This defense plays pretty well. You know, again, a sack, create a turnover, this, that, and the other. Okay, that's. That's kind of how this defense lives. I, I give them credit. That's that's how they have to try to figure this thing out. I thought the Falcons got screwed on on that one fumble call, but you know what do I say at this point with this team? You know they they are what they are, right? They're not a very good offensive team. They run the football. The right side of their offensive line has played really well. The quarterback is as mediocre as it can get. Their defense is. Not great, but it's opportunistic, right? It sort of is what it is with this team. You know, like, okay, they run the football well, but they're an incompetent offense in a lot of ways. You saw Drake London yesterday get frustrated about the fact that not getting the ball or this, any other, and I thought he played well in the game. You look at his numbers, you know, yesterday, he had six catches, 95 yards, but they didn't have a rushing touchdown in the game. Um you know, that Pruitt caught the one. I mean, here's where we're at. Michael Pruitt now in his eight games as a Falcon has as many touchdowns for the Falcons as Kyle Pitts does for his career. What does that tell you? We're, we're going to get into the Kyle Pitts discussion probably later on this year because it's becoming obvious. But anyway, all right, we'll, we'll skip all of that, you know, for, for right now out there. So, again, it's another close game. Falcons have not played well in these close games. Here's my one big beef with where the Falcons are at right now, okay? Your best offensive player 
isn't getting the football. And I don't want to hear about we're saving them. If we're if we're legitimately in a playoff hunt, then your best football player has to touch the football. This can't continue to be Mariota throws it 24 times and Patterson touches it 11. This is Cordero Patterson's touches so far this season. I, and I want to bring it up this way. First three games of the season, 25, 10, 18. The last three weeks, it's been 12, 14, 11. That's not enough. You know, if we really are fighting for playoffs and this is what we are, this, that, and the other. And again, let's talk about my favorite stat. Because at some point, everybody's going to understand what this is. When the Falcons have 20 or less pass attempts, they are four and one. The only game they lost was the Bengals game where it wouldn't have mattered if they threw it five times or 50 times, they weren't going to win that game. When it's 21 or more attempts, they are one and seven. And yet we continue to let our quarterback throw it 25 times, not give our best offensive player the football. What are you saving Patterson for? If he goes down, he goes down. But shoot your bullets in your gun. I don't understand why Patterson's on at least 16 carries and four receptions a game. Whatever you have to do, get him the football. He's still your best offensive player. He's your most um, multidimensional offensive player. I can understand receivers not getting the football and getting aggravated because you don't want your quarterback putting it in the air. But there's no reason for Patterson to be 10, 11 touches. If he's not healthy, then you should put him back on IR and don't activate him and let Huntley and Algier run it. If he is healthy, then use him. This is getting to be ridiculous, the fact that Patterson's sitting around 10, 11, 13 touches. That's about half of what it should be. You get him involved in the offense. Stop letting your quarterback throw it. I don't care who your quarterback is. Ritter, Mariota, John Parker Wilson, Joey Harrington. I don't give a damn who your quarterback is if you're the Falcons. Stop throwing the football. Start running it more and give it to your guys because that's your pathway. That's your only pathway. When you're incompetent, and that's and we're going to talk about this, I'm going to save a lot of this, but you're getting to be incompetent in the passing game, and you can't be that way in the NFL. And I've brought this up multiple times. You're looking incompetent. So if you're going to be one-dimensional, give your best offensive player the football. Throw it to him short. Throw him some screens. Run a revert. I don't care. Yeah, the defense has been fine the last few weeks. We're not playing good offenses. So you can hold these teams to 9, 13, 17, fine. But your offense is becoming incompetent. And, yes, we run the football well, but what does that mean? What does it mean at the end of the day if we run the football well? If, you're in, if your offense is incompetent, it doesn't mean a whole lot. And that's what we look like. Again, anybody really think that, when they're backed up to their three or four yard line yesterday, needing a drive to go get a field goal. Anybody think on this earth that they were going to go get that drive? Of course not. 
And I like Arthur Smith. And I think Arthur Smith is a terrific coach. I think he's done a lot of great things this year. But this season is kind of playing out. I said before the start of the season, they're a six-win football team. Guess what they're trending to be? A six-win football team. I said last year they were a seven-win football team. Guess what they're trending? Guess what they trended to be last year? They were a seven-win football team. That's about where they're at right now. But get your best player touches. They're just hanging in there enough defensively. Ben, don't break. They run it well, but stay committed and run it more and give your best guy more opportunity. That's what's maddening about these last few weeks. I want to talk about my friends over at betonline.net. Listen, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. So we're neck deep in NBA basketball right now. NFL season's coming down to its last quarter. We just wrapped up the college football regular season with all the championship games. Guess what? We're about to head into one of my favorite times of the year, bowl season, right? All kinds of fun bowl matchups. And what's great is, if you like wagering, you get a game on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Thursday and a Friday and a beep, bada boop, bada bop. So head to betonline.net today. It's really easy. Take that mobile device, put in betonline.net. When you get there, check out all of the information that they have that's making you a smarter sports wager. You want scores, podcast news, stats. All the information is right there in the palm of your hand at betonline.net. So head over to betonline.net today, and when you get all your information, then get in on the action. You want college football, pro football, NBA, NHL. Everything's available right there at your fingertips. Head to betonline.net. Check out all their information, betonline.net. It's your number one source, and and it's where the action starts. All right. You saw Arthur Smith, or if you didn't see Arthur Smith's comments after the game, as the Falcons go into their bye week, okay? He talked about, we're going to evaluate everything and this, that, and the other. And talked about the quarterback position. We're going to evaluate everything, okay? Look, at this point, it's time. You're down to your last four games of the year. And to at least give you something to look at, okay? Because let's let's make this very simple okay this is the year of our lord 2022 you have to at least be competent in passing the football in the nfl right now we are not competent this is the stat that just forget the 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 20 attempt this stat blows my mind okay 20 yards or more in your pass attempts pass attempts that travel 20 or more yards those are considered long throws so you're 20 yards or more okay marcus mariota has 14.9 percent of his pass attempts that go for 20 yards or more okay why i bring this up is last year matt ryan who threw it 560 times with all that per only was at 9%. But this is what's staggering. Let me run down for you all of the quarterbacks who have a higher percentage than Marcus Mariota as far as percentage of their pass attempts that go 20 yards or more. Okay? P.J. Walker's one of them. I'm not going to count him only because he's made five starts on the season. With all due respect, that's not... At this point, that's barely a third of your schedule that he's played, okay? So these are the three main guys. 
who have a higher percentage of deep ball throws of 20 yards or more than Marcus Mariota. Justin Fields is 17.5%. Russell Wilson is 16.7%. And Aaron Rodgers is 15.6%. Okay? That's the only three quarterbacks that huck it downfield at a higher percentage than our guy sitting there with his 26% completion percentage of passes or more 20 yards. Can't find anybody, doesn't matter how open our guys are, can't complete a pass, can't do all of this. I, this is this is where it's getting to be ridiculous. These are the numbers to look at, okay? These are the kinds of things where you say, okay, why do we keep, how can my quarterback who can't throw it accurately to anybody have the fourth highest percentage of deep throws in the NFL? We don't even throw it. And he's got the fourth highest percentage. Why is a guy who can't throw it to an open guy 10 yards downfield throwing it over 20 yards at a higher percentage than Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes? Why? Why? Help me understand this. It's time to put Ritter in. Playoffs, miss me with that discussion at this point, okay? Does this team look like they're ready to go 4-0 down the stretch, win all four games, and win the division. Do they look like that football team to you? Be honest. Look in the mirror and say to yourself, they're ready to go 4-0 and win the division. Because that's pretty much what they have to do, is go 4-0 and win out. They're not going to win out. Hell, they probably they may not win when they come back from break. When they're in New Orleans, then at Baltimore, then you're home with Arizona and Tampa Bay. Do they look like they're ready to go 4-0 in that stretch? I know, stranger things have happened. Okay, miss me with all of that. The coach made it clear that everything is open. Play Ritter, okay? You know, I've been on the I'll trust the coach to why he wants Mariota. At this point of the season, we're in our last quarter of the year. There's nothing to be gained because we're not going 4-0, which is pretty much the math that gets you in the playoffs. So unless you tell me he's going to turn into Steve Barkowski in the next 10 days, 14 days, then there's no reason to play him. All the metrics get worse and worse. And if you are in the NFL, a team when your quarterback throws it 21 or more times and you're one and seven in those games, folks, that's not a that's not just a mythical number anymore that's the trend you can't keep living in that world well it could get worse with Ritter sure it could what's the difference what if it gets worse it gets worse than my quarterback who's got the fourth highest percentage of deep throws in the league that can't hit anybody can't make a play what did we talk about with the with the Redskins game or, or Commodores game or Commanders or whatever the hell they are nowadays? Your best offensive play is not Marcus Mariota dropping back and throwing it. I don't care how open your guys are. I don't care what the play call was. That's not your best. And if it's not your best, start getting back to what you do best. Give it to 84. Put a competent quarterback in there. We're at the point where we are incompetent throwing the football. 
You can't be incompetent in the NFL. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be 90,000-yard Tom Brady. You don't have to be that. But you have to be competent. We're not competent throwing the football. That's on our quarterback. You can't keep missing, 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 missing. We gave it a run. It's gone as far as it's going to go. And I'm fine with all that. But now at this point, four games left. You're not winning the division because you got no shot in the wild card. You, not, you have no shot in the wild card, especially you're going to have a week off and teams are going to have a chance to jump even more over you. So forget the wild card. It's division or bust, as I told you a week or so ago. They look like they're ready to go 4-0 and win the division. Okay, then it's going to be time. And I heard Dave Archer say he expects Ritter to play when they come back. Okay. And yes, I am hating on Marcus Mariota because nothing about this is getting better. Nothing about the quarterback play is getting better. We're not becoming more competent throwing the football. You can't, you, it's, there's no problem with being a heavy run first offense. The Titans did that when Arthur Smith was there. They had a 2,000 yard running back that they fed, 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 and they were opportunistic in their passing game. They weren't incompetent in their passing game. Falcons are incompetent in their passing game. I don't want to hear about pits and all this other nonsense. You have plenty of guys who can catch the football and be competent. You can throw all kinds of short, quick route, one rethrow, short, quick route, one rethrow. All of the things are there. But we don't have the ability to do all of that stuff. That's the part that is so frustrating and aggravating. It's time to start Ritter. Go ahead and let him play these final four games. I don't want to hear about if he struggles. Who cares if he struggles at this point? He's supposed to struggle. He's an NFL rookie quarterback. Justin Fields, that you guys love so much, is in his second year stinking it up. They don't win a game. They can barely win a game with him. Take your lumps. See what happens. At least you'll start to find out what your quarterback can't do. I watched Johnny Manziel and Brandon Whedon. I knew they couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. I didn't know all the things that they could do, but I knew what they couldn't do. I knew they couldn't start for an NFL franchise. They proved that out. If that's what happens, fine. At least prove it out. At least go through the scientific process of mixing the chemicals. And if it blows the beaker up, then it blows the beaker up and we know not what we know what to not do moving forward. I want to remind you after you make uh, uh, locked, uh, Hitting Hard with John Trickery on Locked On Sports Land, your first listen, make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from Locked On Sports today. So we also got word yesterday that what the heck is the name of this committee? The the inaugural contemporary baseball era committee they had their vote um you know mcgriff mattingly Schilling, murphy albert bell barry bonds clemens palmero those were the guys that they were voting for for the, the hall of fame and listen good for fred mcgriff he got all he got he went 16 for 16 in the voting ballot good for fred and he's going to be in the hall of fame okay let me say this as nicely as i can Fred McGriff is a pretty good player. He is not a Hall of Fame player, and he is certainly not deserving 
of the Hall of Fame over the many of those other guys on that list. Okay. And you can tell me about Bonds and Clemens and their steroids and this and that. I don't care if they stood in front of their manager and injected horse tranquilizers into their arm as their manager was standing there watching. I don't care if they walked up to an umpire at home plate and took out an injectable needle out of their back pocket and stuck it in their rump and squeezed in whale blubber into themselves when they were standing at home plate. Bonds and Clemens were drastically better than what Fred McGriff was. Hell, I'll make a case. I'll tell you that Albert Bell was a better player. Albert Bell was the most dominant player in Major League Baseball for a four-year stretcher. Better than A-Rod, better than Griffey, better than Frank Thomas. Go look at his numbers. Him getting screwed out of the MVP in 95 is because he wasn't a popular figure with the media folks. But Griff had a really nice career. World Series champ, five-time All-Star, 13, or sorry, three Silver Sluggers, led the American League twice, in, or led the league, I should say, twice in home runs, finished fourth in the MVP, twice he finished sixth, once he finished eighth, twice he finished tenth. That's good. You know who that is? That's Tony Perez, who's in the Hall of Fame and doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame either. That's Harold Baines, who's in the Hall of Fame, doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame either. Those are good numbers. That's a really nice career. But in no universe, okay, listen to what I'm saying. In no universe did Fred McGriff have a better career than Dale Murphy, than Barry Bonds, than Roger Clemens. Hell, I'll make a case that he didn't have a better career than Kurt Schilling. I don't think he had a better career than Albert Bell. But he's not linked to all the steroid stuff. He's a popular guy, crime dog and all this, right? I mean, if that's what the Hall of Fame is, then stop voting for it. Stop even putting these guys on the ballot. Like, with all due respect, I don't understand. How could this committee look and say that Dale Murphy, who is a two-time MVP in the league, twice he was the MVP, right? Gold glove center fielder. Like, what does Murphy not have that Fred McGriff had? How, how did 16 of 16 vote for uh, Fred McGriff? And Murphy only got six out of 16. Like, what the hell were those guys watching? When do we start to put in these Hall of Fame votes for baseball, when do we start to put common sense people in here? Forget the numbers. Murphy was a, the most dominant player along with Mike Schmidt in the National League in the 1980s. How many guys outside of Mike Schmidt were better than Dale Murphy when you talk about Offense, defense, stolen bases, everything. How many guys were more complete? Mike Schmidt was the best player of the 1980s. He's the best third baseman of all time by tons. I'll give you him. How many, how many other guys are better than Murphy? And with all due respect, Barry Bonds is the best left fielder the game has ever had. Not Ted Williams, not anybody else you can put out there. Nobody in the entire 150-year history of baseball is a better left fielder than Barry Bonds. I don't care how much whale blubber, vitamin D, horse tranquilizers got stuck in there. Cut his numbers in half, and he's still 360 homers. That's if you cut his numbers in half. Chop him in half with an axe, and it's still almost 400 homers. Appreciate what Fred McGriff did. 
really good player. You'd want him on your team. But the Hall of Fame has become ridiculous in baseball. There are so many watered-down guys. The Jack Morrises, the Tony Perez, the Fred McGriffs, the Harold Baines of the world. It's no more the Hall of Fame greatness. There are a lot of mediocre players that are in the Hall of Fame now. If you're not going to vote for anybody who we think did steroids, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, David Ortiz got in the Hall of Fame, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, but he didn't do steroids, right? No, no. Remember when he was asked about his steroid use? All of a sudden, he couldn't speak English. All of a sudden, at his press conference, it was, uh, no hablo inglese, no hablo inglese. But because we like him, and he's a good guy, and he didn't give us a bunch of crap like Albert Bell and Barry Bonds and some of these guys, or Roger Clemens, we're going to punish them. We're going to use them as the role model for that entire era of baseball and say they don't belong in there. It's really gotten ridiculous with the Hall of Fame. I like Fred McGriff. Ain't no universe on this earth. If, if you had to start a franchise, ain't no universe that you're taking Fred McGriff over Murphy, Clemens, Bonds, any of those guys. I appreciate it. Good for him. When you run out of candidates, that's when you put Fred McGriff in. But to put him ahead of some of these guys that were on this ballot shows that this is another one of those committees that just is fakakta and doesn't belong. And it's time to just disband them and move on. All right, we thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chucker your first listen every day. Don't forget, make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and, of course, the take of the day. They're free and available on YouTube, Odyssey, all of your favorite platforms. We ask you to head over to youtube.com for Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser. Hit that subscribe button. Also free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can check us out on those platforms as well. And of course, follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll be back tomorrow. It's been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.